0: My name is Dr. D. Bonnie, and I'm here with Jessica Schaefer, nurse practitioner. And we want to be your guide to better health. We do that on the foundation of six pillars of wellness that we'll discuss in these episodes, because we believe that having the knowledge that we're going to share with you will empower you to achieve a level of health and wellness that you didn't even realize was possible. We will be discussing topics based on these six pillars essential nutrition, body movement, sleep hygiene, metabolic health, relationship improvements, and spiritual growth. All of these six components are crucial to attaining the health and wellness that you've been searching for. Welcome to the Alpha Omega Wellness Podcast. Hey guys, Dr. D here. We're bringing you another episode today of this wellness podcast that we will name at some point. (laughs) Um, But today I'm in the studio with Jessica Schaefer, nurse practitioner extraordinaire, and we're going to talk about thyroid. Now thyroid is one of those things that is completely misunderstood by so many people. And I think to a large degree, even some sort of mainstream philosophies about thyroid probably missed the mark and keep people from feeling they're optimal, at least. Because one of the things that's interesting is that in medicine, we define what's normal from the mean number that we would get in a test and then two standard deviations from the norm. And so if you're within this wide range of quote unquote normal, then you're fine. But what we have realize doing a deep dive into thyroid management and other hormones is like what's normal isn't necessarily what's optimal and so today we just want to pick jessica's brain about thyroid health and why it's even important kind of what the thyroid does and how does that affect how you feel because there's lots of listeners out there don't you think that are probably struggling with thyroid issues and they don't really know it it kind of goes back to that last podcast that we did where it's like all you know is that you don't feel well exactly but you don't really know why and you know if your doctor does just sort of some standard labs and you're within this huge range it's like well no it's not that but it might be that so yeah,
1: yeah i think we all know you know i can think of several people just off the top of my head right now who are battling thyroid issues and and they're being told that their numbers are fine
0: so tell me about thyroid like why is it why do we even care? What why is it important and how does that affect how people feel?
1: Yeah. So thyroid actually is one of my favorite things to talk about. I, I just love learning about thyroid. I wanna know all I want to know all the things.
0: Let's face so it, you geek out
1: on thyroid. I do. Yeah. I geek out on a lot of things. You do. But I really do like thyroid. Um I, all the hormones are interesting to me, but they also equally frustrate the heck out of me because they're all the same and then they're not. And, and one can be high and it mimics the same thing on another one that's low. And so it's really hard to kind of like sort through all that.
0: Well, and when one is off, like we've said previously, sometimes there's that downstream cascade that other things aren't working great. I mean, when your cortisol jacked up, like nothing's going to work well, right? Exactly.
1: Yep. So all these hormones, they work together. Um, and they, they have to have this delicate balance. Everything needs to be in harmony. If one jump ship... You know, the other one, peer pressure, it'll jump <laughs> ship too. So it is frustrating, um, especially, you know, when you get these these patients that we see all the time and we call them our hormonal train wreck. And it's like, where do you start?
0: So where do you start? I mean, how does thyroid enter that discussion?
1: Well, this is really, this is where test don't guess becomes so, so important um, because of, of this exact reason when things look the same, they sound the same, you've got multiple symptoms of multiple deficiencies, um, you've got symptoms of high cortisol, but you also have symptoms of low cortisol, showing symptoms of low thyroid, but then your TSH is fine. So where we kind of get started, um, conventionally speaking, this is what happens. You go to your doctor, you say, look, doc, I, you know, I googled some things, I feel like maybe my thyroid's bad, I, I can't... i cold
0: all the time, my yeah. hair's falling out.
1: Like me, you know, wrapped up in a blanket. My right. So you tell them these things and they say, okay, cool, we'll, we'll draw a TSH. Um, a lot of times if you look at the lab, it'll be a TSH with a reflex to T4. So then that gets sent off, you know, in a couple of days it comes back, your TSH is within range. So it never reflects to the T4 and your doctor calls you and says, everything's fine, you're good.
0: Go to the next thing or you're just Or weird. we'll
1: see you next year. For your next annual visit,
0: have more fiber, drink more water.
1: Exactly. So, and that's what it looks like, honestly. Um, that's the standard of care today, uh, but the problem with that is TSH is a pituitary marker, and a lot, you know a lot of people don't know that. And what so that, where's
0: your pituitary gland? What's that mean? It's a pituitary marker.
1: So that's in your brain. Okay. So you know, not your thyroid. Not your thyroid. It's not your thyroid. It is not a thyroid hormone. So what it is? It's a messenger. It's a signal that your your brain will tell your thyroid gland to make a thyroid hormone, either make more or make less. So that's what we're measuring. We're measuring this messenger marker. We're not we're not assessing the actual thyroid itself.
0: And so, if my thyroid's really low and failing, what does my TSH do?
1: So your TSH is going to go up. It's so elevate. If my
0: TSH is high. My thyroid function is low. Exactly. So they're inversely so they're inverse. related.
1: Yep. And so then what happens, your your brain, it, it increases the TSH. So then that way the thyroid will see that signal and it will start to crank out some more T4. So then you'll see that the T4 will actually elevate.
0: So if Hopefully. that's the story, then why not just check a TSH? And if it's normal, you're just done. Move on to the next cause or just suck it up, buttercup.
1: Okay, so most of the time when that TSH comes back to be within, you know, that lab's normal range, it it doesn't reflex. So we're missing out on helping a lot of people manage uh, their thyroids. Your TSH has to be really high, like really high to capture the lab's attention.
0: You mentioned the TSH and then the reflex to T4. Can you just talk a little bit about the different thyroid tests and maybe why those are important and it's not just about the TSH?
1: Yeah, so this is what kind of sets us apart from if you were to just go to like your your primary care doctor. So what we do at Alpha Omega, we're going to check all your thyroid tests. We're going to see the whole picture. We're not just focused in on your TSH and, you know, maybe a reflex to T4. So, you know, T4, that's your inactive thyroid hormone. That is something that is made by the thyroid according to what your tsh is telling it to do whether to go up or go down this is um, a great analogy that i have learned uh, from a mentor of mine this is your cash in the bank so cash in the bank t4 it's an inactive hormone we don't actually use that um, much at the cellular level what we do use actually is your t3 and that's your active thyroid hormone or your money in hand um, gas in the car so to speak so, so this, I got
0: to take the cash out of the bank to be able so to spend it. it. Yes. Right. So you
1: can't spend the money if it's in the bank.
0: Right. And right. We're not using Apple Pay.
1: No, not using Apple Pay. So you have got your T4, that's your inactive. We've got your T3, and then that's your active. And then we have something called TPO antibodies. Uh, this is thyroid peroxidase antibodies, which thyroid peroxidase, it's an enzyme found in your thyroid. And, and we need this enzyme to be able to produce both T3 and T4. So we want to check that, too. We want to know, is your body making antibodies against this enzyme? Because if it is, we've got a problem. We've got a real problem, and we have to fix that.
0: So what is the problem if my body's making antibodies?
1: So if you have antibodies, you have an autoimmune issue. Your body is attacking your thyroid, and and we have to fix that. We have to dive deep. The other thing we check um, sometimes is your TG antibodies. It's less common to see those antibodies. But if we do have someone who we suspect that they may have an autoimmune issue going on, you know, their numbers are maybe the TSH is fine. Most likely the TSH is fine, but they're having all these symptoms and some other things are out of whack. Then we might check a TG if the TPOs are normal.
0: So you mentioned antibodies against the thyroid. That makes me think about Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So What is Hashimoto's?
1: Yeah, so if we see a patient who has positive antibodies, either one, TG or TPO antibodies, they do have Hashimoto's. And what that is, it's an autoimmune illness. So you have an autoimmune disease. In fact, most people who have hypothyroidism, they have Hashimoto's. And a lot of times they don't even know that they have that. It's it's actually over 90% of all hypothyroid cases are most likely Hashimoto's and many of those people don't even know that they have an autoimmune autoimmune disease because no one's ever told them.
0: So I'm assuming that there's some stuff that people can do if they have these antibodies to their thyroid.
1: Yeah, and there's lots that we will work with them um, case by case, and we're going to sit down and we're going to deep dive into the root causes.
0: So let's say that, um, let's say I did see my doctor and my TSH is high, so my thyroid is low it it, my tsh caused that reflex to t4 which is not really a an active thyroid hormone Um, and my doctor then puts me on something like levothyroxine Um, does that take care of the issue
1: no not at all because your thyroid antibodies if you have Hashimoto's your thyroid antibodies are high from an immune system problem thyroid medication can't can't treat that
0: my understanding is that a lot of times, um, the more traditional approach, looking at thyroid, and somebody does actually have a bump up in their TSH, so their doctor says, "Well, okay, you do actually need to be on uh, some sort of um, thyroid medication." My understanding is that a lot of times, docs, even when your TSH is is high enough to treat, like they don't really go looking for those antibodies until the TSH is, I think, like 10 or so. And by that point, uh, man, your thyroid really, really is not working.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, like, it's destroyed by then. It really is just a disservice to our patients to do it that way. Um, what I find really disheartening is that I recently had a patient who not only was she taking her thyroid medication incorrectly for 13 years, 13 years, 13 she was taking it in the evening and, you know, right after dinner. So, not on an empty stomach, which is, you can take it in the evening if that's better for you, you know, if you're a night shift worker or what have you, but it has to be taken on an empty stomach. So, not only was she doing that, but she had never, in her whole 13 years of being diagnosed with hypothyroid, had never been told that she had Hashimoto's ever. And when we were talking about her thyroid and I sat down with her, I had mentioned, you know, Hashis and, and she had never heard heard of that. She'd never heard that word before. So, you know, I assume that she had it, but it really does just hit differently when as a patient that you are told that you have an autoimmune condition versus what happened with her where her doctor just said, hey, here's this medication. You're going to have to take it for the rest of your life. It just hits differently, you know?
0: Well, and a lot of times um, what's prescribed is like levothyroxine, which is T4, right? Mm-hmm. Which is not, it's not a, um, it's not the active form of that hormone. So what is the difference between free T4 and free T3?
1: Right. So if, if it's not enough that you, you have to think about like you've got your inactive T4 and then you've got your active T3, well, you also have your free T4 and your free T3. So now it's just one, one more layer of this. Um, so, a lot of what your thyroid hormone makes is actually bound up by, by carrier proteins and storage proteins. So for us to be able to use these, you have to be able to, you know, release that from the protein and that's what's called a free hormone. So like 95% or more of the T4 is bound up and a small amount is free. And then you have to convert from T4 to T3.
0: So just to explain this to the listeners a little bit. So, Proteins are often fairly large molecules that are floating through the blood and yet that uh, thyroid hormone has to be disconnected. It has to jump off of the semi-truck so that it can actually make its way into the cells where it's going to be metabolically active, correct?
1: Correct. And it it has to get into that cell and then be accepted into the nucleus and that's where it's going to turn on the metabolism of every cell in our body.
0: So really, without our body's ability to convert that T4 to T3, uh, the hormone that the pituitary tells us to make is useless if the TSH is saying make more thyroid hormone and we're only showing T4 and really not converting that to T3 and it's not crossing into the cells. like It's all kind of pointless, right?
1: Exactly. So that's why so many times you hear this story over and over and over. A patient is told that their thyroid looks fine. And maybe it does based on the tests that were drawn but if you're really looking at the full picture, maybe there's more to it.
0: So what's it take for that conversion process to occur?
1: Well, we can do a whole podcast on thyroid conversion.
0: All right, I will look forward to that.
1: (laughs) First and foremost, I mean, we need optimized nutrients. Unfortunately, standard American diet is lacking a lot of those key vitamins and minerals that we need for optimal wellness, especially when it comes to thyroid health. Even if you eat all organic all the time, which is really hard to do, not, you know, not to mention super expensive. um, You might still be missing some of those key players.
0: Well, I think one of the missing ingredients in the conversation, so to speak, is the fact that even if, like you said, we're eating whole food, our farms have been over farmed, right? We, we farm for yield, not regenerative farming. And, I mean, I can't fault anyone for that. If I were a farmer, I would want to maximize my family's income and be able to take care of my family. But at the end of the day, that means that our soils deplete of a lot of the micronutrients that we need. And in fact, you know, when you put down fertilizers and you kill all the critters and the microorganisms, a lot of times the the plants actually need those in their microbiome to be able to absorb those adequately so that when you eat the broccoli and the asparagus, it's packed with the nutrients. And so as we try to decrease the number of, you know, weeds and critters in our fields, like it does have a direct effect on the micronutrients that are in the vegetables that we're eating or in the animals that we're eating that are eating the vegetables. And so I think that that's one of the reasons why I'm finding that supplementation of the things that I'm really not getting in my diet is super important.
1: Exactly. So we do, we need all these things that we're not really getting on a regular basis. We need selenium, we need zinc, we need, you know, vitamin A, vitamin D, um, B12 and zinc, especially important when we're looking at like actually making the TSH. Magnesium, that's a huge one in our soil with the, like you said, with the current farming practices, we need that to support TSH production. We need Um, even vitamin c b2 iodine we need all these things to make t4 and selenium is huge selenium is a big one and you know just as a side note selenium is actually pretty easy to get in your diet a couple handful of brazil nuts i think like four brazil nuts a day is all you need and they're kind of (laughs) tasty
0: so yeah Uh, but if you don't know that then you just don't know like yeah i don't have many brazil nuts in my pantry right now but I'll get some if I know that that's going to replete my body of what it needs.
1: Yeah, and I I like that one because, um, people get fatigued on oh another supplement, another supplement, another supplement. But if you can be like, hey, just you know, pack a few Brazil nuts for lunch today as a side, you know, for a snack, you can get all the selenium you need.
0: So tell me, why would all the labs show optimal on someone who's clearly? defining, describing symptoms of hypothyroidism, symptoms of low thyroid.
1: So, yeah, so this is uh, what we call cellular hypothyroidism, and we really need to figure out what's why this is happening. Is it a cortisol problem? Is it you know ongoing nutrient deficiencies? Is there too much inflammation? We just have to keep digging for the root cause. Do we need to do like a gut test? Um, do we need to investigate toxicities, mold exposures? You know, how are they handling their stress? And then there's also the question of what the heck is actually optimal anyway? Like, what does that mean? There's a lot to say about the current reference ranges. And I know you kind of touched on that when you when we did the intro. But to actually make a reference range for a lab, they, they look at a minimum usually of 120 people in a room. They test them all for, you know, X, Y, or Z. And then they look at those numbers to form that bell curve and they cut off the two standard deviations on either side. That's how you get your reference range.
0: So it's a really huge range with some probably sick people thrown in there. Oh, for sure. Because you're not selecting like, oh, these are the people who are optimally well. These are the people who are thriving. And so I think it's up to practitioners like us to really find out, well, what are those optimal levels? It also comes back to this kind of ingrained Um, thinking, even in traditional medicine, like going through medical school and residency, treat the patient, not the number. But I think when it comes to these things, it comes to wellness, it's like, well, the number's not bad, so I'm not going to treat the patient.
1: Yeah, we're so stuck on that, and I don't know why. Um, My favorite thing is the shoe analogy. I know we've talked about this before. You want to talk about that?
0: Yeah, so uh, the idea being, so if you're going to look at the mean and then two standard deviations. So these are just statistical terms, right? I mean, because honestly, like in science and medicine, you have to draw the line in the sand somewhere to define what normal is. But what the mean plus two standard deviations on each side of the mean and shoe sizes is like 6 to 13. So if I come to you and I say, Jessica, my foot really hurts and I'm in a size 7 shoe, uh, and you're going to look at that and say, well, it's not your shoe size because your shoe size is normal, right? Right. And so yet I'm still left with foot pain and I'm uncomfortable and I'm not dying. I'm just not thriving. And so I think that's just a perfect analogy of how, like, well, I mean, your, your TSH is 3.7 and that's normal, but that's not optimal. We know that most people need a TSH below 2 to really feel optimal and well so
1: yeah i like to use that analogy with patients i think it really kind of helps make it click when it's just like if you look at
0: like bmi or weight uh it's normal in the united states to be overweight but it's not optimal and no one would actually argue like it's optimal to carry around an extra 40 pounds but if you go by those guidelines mean plus two standard deviations like oh it's just normal your weight's fine
1: it's normal but
0: it's not optimal.
1: I think that's just why our job is just so important now more than ever. You know, people are just, they want to feel well. People are just tired of having to fit in this neat little box, and they're tired of um, not having the time to speak with their practitioners. You know, like me, not feeling like it's worth even going in.
0: Well, that's why I love the initial visits at our office. We allot an hour, really, to just kind of get to know the patient and to understand what his or her wellness concerns are. Because at the end of the day, it's not about what my concerns are. I mean, I'm there to guide them, but I want to know what issues they want to address. We have some people who come to us and, like, they just want a standard uh, checkup and they want to refill their meds and they're good, and that's fine. But I think that we're seeing a lot more people come in who are gaining this knowledge on their own and they're starting to figure out, like, there's a better way, to take care of my body. I don't necessarily know what that is. So they come see us so that we can guide them to that. But I think people are, they're hungry for this knowledge that you're sharing. I just want to thank you for geeking out on (sighs) thyroid and for sharing that with our listeners. All right, guys. So now here's the ask, please subscribe to this podcast and please leave us a review wherever you're listening. That really helps us grow. We hope that this topic has been a blessing to you because Trust us, believe us when we say that whatever health you're in right now, it does not have to stay that way. You can completely change the trajectory of your wellness starting today. Start implementing these ideas and you will see a change in how you feel and how you perform. And if you're in the central Indiana area and you're looking for a medical office that will take the time to listen to you and dissect out your wellness concerns and identify your needs, Look us up online, alphaomegawellness.com or give us a call 317-300-4091. Till next time, God bless you guys. I hope this information has blessed you, that you've been enriched by learning something about how your body operates. So just so you know, this podcast is just for educational purposes only. The information within this podcast is not meant to be at all a substitute for your getting care from a physician, or another qualified healthcare professional. We are not attempting to provide you with medical advice or other professional advice or services through this podcast. However, if you're interested in coming to see us and being a patient so that we can unpack whatever your wellness concerns are, visit us at alphaomegawellness.com.